I'm Ben Carter, your life transformation coach, and I've been sent, called, and commissioned to help you live your very best life. Join me on Ben the Life Coach Radio Show. I can't wait to support your leap into victory. Hello, welcome back to a brand new show. Welcome back to Ben the Life Coach Radio Show. Yay! It's amazing. It's awesome to have you back. I appreciate you. Thank you for sharing my page. Thank you for being a part of the Ben Carter Coaching Experience. If you want to know more about who I am and how I came to be, visit me on Facebook, uh, visit me at my website, www.livellccoaching.com. I often tell the story that I didn't necessarily choose coaching, coaching chose me. Um, I kind of accepted this call to live a purpose-driven life after my mom passed away, and it has been a dynamic experience. It's probably been a lifetime in the making, but that's who I am. That's who I am. You all will not want to miss this show. Do not pause. Do not say I'm going to listen to it when I come back. You owe this to yourself. You owe this to the ladies that I am going to talk about or whose stories I will tell today. Today's show is entitled, Blessed Be the Brown Girl. Yeah, 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 yeah. Blessed Be the Brown Girl. And I came up with that title a couple of weeks back. If you, it, I always say that, right? Every time I talk about a show, I say, I've been talking about it, or I've been thinking about it for a while. And in this instant, I have. It, it, I think maybe a year or so ago, Jasmine Sullivan has this brilliant song called Masterpiece, um, Mona Lisa, and she talks about accepting who she is. And I think because I knew a little bit about the background story, if you all know who Jasmine Sullivan is, she's a beautiful brown girl. She's robust and she's got this thick, rich voice and she's very young and she sings very soulful music. And she went into retirement for a little while. She quit the music business because she was in a violent relationship. And when she made that song and I heard it, I thought about my mom. I mean, every time I think about the song, I get emotional because my mom had been gone a few years when the song came out. But when I heard it, it was like I was hearing her song. It was like I was hearing the words that she needed to say or wanted to say I don't know it was my interpretation but it was my awareness it was my realization that my mom is was in fact a beautiful 
spirit, a beautiful woman who did abuse herself and was abused. And it really allowed me to kind of weep for her, not to judge her, but to weep for her. And ever since then, I've been attempting to make conscious choices to celebrate women that look like my mom, that may have had my mom's experience. My mom uh, was a, a thick, deep brown skin, broad nose, very, very similar to mine, thick lips, um, beautiful white straight teeth. That's one thing that my father used to always say, your mom has the best teeth. She's got the prettiest teeth. Dean has the prettiest teeth I've ever seen. And I was never conscious of how pretty she was. As a matter of fact, I've heard uh, statements from some friends and family about my mom that were very ugly, uh, that were very mean. I've heard her and some of uh, the people that she were she was close to make comments about her, um, her appearance and her looks because of her darker skin and shorter hair. And so I wanted this show to be about celebrating those women. So I'm asking you to stick with me and celebrate those brown women in your life. Even if you are of a, a different ethnicity, a different race, I would ask that you in this moment pay close attention, make a conscious choice to think about all of the brown girls that you walk by, all of the brown girls that you work with, all of the brown girls who we are stealing from. We want their thick lips. We want their hips. We want, we want their, their ass. We want, you know, their skin tone in the summer, but we don't want their experience, right? And so the, the way I came about with this particular show is I didn't want to talk about brown girl's ass told through the mind or the mouth of Ben Carter, the male life coach. <laughs> no matter how sensitive I am to the woman's experience, I didn't want that to be the the conversation. I didn't want to have that conversation as told through me or by me. So what I did, I solicited. I solicited a few stories. And I've got some beautiful brown girl stories. I've got um, at least three stories. There's three stories that is told through the perspective of a teenager. I've got a story that's told through the perspective of a 30-something brown girl, and I've got the brown girl story of a 50-something to hear their stories. And it didn't necessarily have to be about race. It didn't have to be about being um, bullied or segregated against. It had to be about them as a brown woman in a world that doesn't necessarily accept brown girls. And you all have to accept that you don't always accept brown women, that you don't always pay homage to or honor black women, that there isn't a, a holiday for Harriet Tubman. You understand what I'm saying? Um, for all of you women out there who love hair and who love the black girl hair experience, there isn't a holiday for Madam C.J. Walker. So there isn't a lot of history being told about the, the queens and the princess warriors like Amina and Nefertiti and Cleopatra, okay? Let's get that right. So I'm honoring and I'm celebrating. And so even as I tell some of the stories that are a little heart-wrenching, I'm celebrating who you are. Let's celebrate those sisters. There's about eight sisters that it's all over the news that have just recently all graduated with their PhDs. Come on, you all. Let's give it up for them. 
we focused so much on the the black experience and you've looked at it from a negative perspective and over centuries we've stolen from that experience and here today I'm here to give back I'm here to say thank you I'm here to honor you I'm here to say I love you to my cousins to my sisters my one true sister but my sisters my friends my aunts all of those who have come before me, all of those who have prayed for me, the mothers in the church that I grew up with, the friends in the church that I grew up with, my friends in school who held me up, everyone, all of those brown girls who we depend so heavily on, whose strength we depend so heavily on, I honor you, I support you. And so, let's just get into the show. Let's get into it. Come on. Let's start giving a round of applause for our moms, our sisters, our friends, our cousins, our aunties, our grandmothers, our all of those beautiful women in our lives, our co-workers. Let's do it, you all. And I, I specifically, as I get into this show, listen, my brothers, I want to talk to you real quick. I don't want to beat up on you, but I want to talk to you because I've heard this and I've seen this in my own experience. You've got these deep, beautiful, brown-skinned mothers and grandmothers and aunties and sisters and you refuse to date women that look like them that sound like them but those are the same women that prayed you through that that encouraged you through school that fed you when they couldn't eat that sacrificed for you that stood up in a male position when our dads wouldn't do it those were the same women that did that for us. So we have got to check ourselves. I understand preference. And I'm not stealing your preference from you. But what I am saying to you is don't you dare steal the essence of who your mother, your sister, your grandmother, your auntie, your friends are. And make those statements like, I just don't want to date a dark-skinned girl. I just don't want to date a brown girl. They've got too much attitude. No. They've got too much right to stand up and integrity. They've got too much strength to be walked on and used. Come on. I'm not beating you guys up. I get it. But we've got to be conscious. I'm just telling you to wake up and to the reality that those are the women that gave birth to you. Those are the women that spoke to God on your behalf. Those are the women that sacrificed, worked one, two, three jobs for you. My mother worked two, three jobs for me and my sister. Three jobs for me and my sister. She would work in the morning, come home, cook for us, leave, work in the evening. I need us to pay attention and I need us to pay homage to those great, beautiful women. So let's just take an opportunity to say thank you. I love you. I honor you. I see you and I celebrate you. Yeah, that's it. That's it. It's not a beat up. It's just a checkup. That's all. That's all. So listen, the first, the very first brown girl that I want to honor, you know, I pay homage to my grandmother. I pay homage to my mother. They both have transitioned and they are my angels. My grandmother had six children. My grandmother had a lot of um, hardship. She had a lot of turmoil. She made some choices and some decisions that I believe she judged herself about to the very end. But her choices, her decisions, um, the life that she chose to lead as a young woman, 
that's not my business. That's not what I celebrate. What I do celebrate is that she was the one person that stuck up for me, who decided to sacrifice for me spiritually, financially. My grandmother did things for me that no one would do. You know, she, my grandmother, I told you this story. My grandmother was on a fixed income and she would um, take a certain portion of her income on a monthly basis and send it to me while I was in college so I could pay my rent. My grandmother at some point was the only person that would love me because there was no one around that would um, sacrifice or had an open door for me when there was no place for my sister and I to live. You know, so I, I celebrate, I bow down, I still thank God for her. My mother, you know, who had some tremendous obstacles and made some horrific choices and I judged her severely for was probably the one person that taught me about non-judgment because she didn't judge me. Um, she judged herself, but she didn't judge people. She always opened up her home. So I celebrate them. And even though they have transitioned, it's important that I speak to the brown girls, the brown sisters, the brown women, the women that had experience like they had that, you know, were abused by men and didn't necessarily get all of the education that they, that they wanted and made some decisions that made people judge them and talk about them. But they sought God and they sought recovery in their individual experiences. And when I say recovery, I mean recovery spiritually, um, rehabilitating yourself emotionally. And my mother's experience in rehabilitating herself through some of the, the issues that she had as far as substance is concerned. So I'm not ashamed of it. I celebrate her. You will not shame me. You will not. You won't do it. I don't, I feel that in my spirit that some people are ashamed of their parents or their families, um, addiction issues. If you understand anything about addic addiction, at some point, they don't have much control over it. So if you have a family member that has been able to triumph over addiction, you better celebrate them. You better celebrate them because then that means they took their mind and their spirit and conquered something that was chemically holding on to their body, a stronghold that most people die trying to get rid of. So I celebrate my mom and I celebrate my mom and I celebrate my mom and I thank them for what they've done for me. And I thank God. I believe they're with me all of the time, guiding. I believe that. That's just my thing. But the very first person that I want to pay homage to, my sister. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. My sister, Aisha Carter. Listen. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Listen. My sister, you know, people say your sibling is your very first best friend and that's true I remember when my sister was born I remember when we were little having this feeling about my sister and not being able to explain what it was because we were so young I felt very protective of her but I also picked on her a lot <laughs> she was also the butt of a lot of my jokes um, but this feeling that I had, and I couldn't explain it, was love. I was so deeply in love with my sister um, as a child. And what I mean by that was there was this little girl, this little brown girl, this little brown baby that sometimes I was jealous of because she got more attention than I did. And everybody loved her, but she loved me because she copied me so much. And I loved her because she was just so beautiful. I just think that my sister as a kid when we were younger was just like this 
little beady peanut head brown little girl who had the best braids my mom could braid like none other and my sister was beautiful and my sister grew up to be this little fireball she was always a risk taker she was always not afraid and what I want to celebrate about her is that she was the first person that really celebrated me she would as a kid when I would write she would read everything that I wrote I mean everything I would write kind of the equivalent to sitcom so every week I would have a new version or a new episode and every week she, she would be sitting there reading it and she would just say Scooter you're so you know you're so good keep writing um, and that's not to say that we had a perfect relationship or that we have a perfect relationship but what made the relationship perfect was that somewhere in all of the chaos she found it in her heart and in her spirit to support me to lift me up and I was her big brother and a lot of times I couldn't show up as a big brother because I was dealing with some of the issues that I was dealing with and I want to thank my sister because my sister is the reason that I decided to go back to school we both went to school out of high school we both went to college but we we didn't complete so I did go to school and I did two years and there was a graduation program that I took part of but that's not what I signed up for I signed up for four years so I quit my sister started and she didn't finish but my sister went back to school after my niece was born and it was like my niece gave my sister this I don't know this energy it made her a superwoman and she would do things that I just didn't agree with because they felt so risky but my sister did it she became a licensed um, insurance agent a broker she went back to school and she got her associate's degree and then she went back for her bachelor's and then she'll be completing her master's real soon and she's got certifications and she's just someone who told when she was growing up what you need to know about my sister they told her that um, she wasn't very smart they attempted to keep her back and I don't want to tell her story for her but what I'm saying is is that she used her brown girl power and her brown girl magic and the spirit of the ever-present and the living God as he placed her hand on her through all of the choices that she made to come through the obstacle. She is in fact why me, my mother and her had a relationship when my mother passed away. My sister is the reason for bridging that gap and bringing that fa our family back together and giving our children a, a grandmother and giving us a mother again. It was her love, her tenacity, her strength. She did it. So, I bow down and I thank God and I thank my sister Aisha Carter for being who she is with all of our imperfections and all of our faults she's literally saved my life I mean literally physically saved me from death so I just want to take this opportunity to celebrate her and say I love you I see you I celebrate you Ish doesn't matter what anybody thinks or says it's an honor and a privilege to have experienced your brown girl magic so let's give it up for my baby sister 
Aisha, yeah, man, I'm telling you, when I, it, it, it's just a portion of the story. It's just a portion. If I told everything, you know, as I wipe my own tears, if I told everything, good God almighty. <laughs> so I celebrate my sister and I thank her for what she's done. And I thank her for who she is. And I thank her for giving me, I'm going to say me and be selfish. My niece is so kick-ass. My niece, Asada. How strong is that name? Asada Monet. Asada Monet is my niece and I celebrate her. And she is a lot like me. <laughs> I'm so thankful for my, my sister for giving my family, but really me, my niece. She has got some brown girl magic. She's a beautiful 17-year-old who just started driving. She's so fantastic. She's so rocking. So I celebrate her and I love her. Yeah, yeah. Let's celebrate. So listen, I had to say hello. <laughs> That's how I say hello. I had to thank my sister. Now listen, the first brown girl story, I want you to listen to this story. It is the teenage brown girl story. Mm-hmm. Yes, and this comes from one of my deep brown-skinned family members who, in fact, is, and I'm going to go on the record to say this, she's the teenage brown, this is the teenage brown girl story, but she is probably one of the most level-headed, well-balanced, smartest, self-aware, conscious young women I have ever met in my life. She is incredible. She's got such a crazy, dry sense of humor. She's so funny. And she's so self-aware. I really love her and I really appreciate her. So I want to tell you this brown, brown uh, girl story, her story. And I want you to sit down with your daughters, your nieces, your little cousins, your friends, your goddaughters, and, and see if they hear themselves in this story. If they hear themselves in this story, this is from the, excuse me, teenage brown girl. As a brown girl, now I take pride in my appearance. And I am proud of my complexion. But it was a whole different story when I was younger. At night before bed, I would literally pray that I would wake up the next morning white. White with long flowing hair because I didn't feel that what God had given me was beautiful. As a child, I've had other children tell me I was as black as charcoal. I was doo-doo color. And I have even referred to or been referred to as a gorilla. Because I am brown and because I have a wide nose, I was referred to as gorilla. I was described as an animal just because of my features. This happened over 12 years ago, and I remember it precisely because it is not something you can let go or shake off just because you're a child. Comments like these are forever embedded within you, but they're just easier to cope with when you become older, more mature, and realize that it's not true. But it is a process to heal. It is a process to heal. Thank you, brown girl, for having the courage to tell this story. Because you are a millennial 
this is your generation and in this generation we are still speaking to and referring to each other I would like to let you know that you are not a gorilla you are a beautiful brown princess wonderfully made you are a unique gift from God and you know now that it is a lie but to those seven-year-old ten-year-old twelve-year-old brown girls who look like you with beautiful natural hair and beautiful natural features and brown skin that flow like caramel and chocolate brown skin that is the essence that is the tone of this earth that is the the baseline of this universe you are beautiful we need you you are the thread that keep us together and don't let anyone tell you anything different you are intelligent you are brilliant and I celebrate you my teenage brown girl I celebrate your teenage brown girl power I give it up for you I give it up for you thank you I love you now let's do it let's celebrate Let's celebrate the 30-something brown girl. This 30-something brown girl is a friend of my first cousin. My first cousin, Rakiba, is a rockin' brown girl, and you need to know it, baby. She wears a short haircut. She's got beautiful skin. Um, she looks a lot like her mother. Her mother, my Aunt Deborah, uh, was married to my favorite uncle, um, or one of my favorite uncles. I don't... All of, I've got so many uncles who I favor, but this one uncle in particular who I am a lot like in so many ways, um, he was married to Aunt Deborah, and Aunt Deborah has uh, or had a model's feature. They have both gone on and transitioned, and they have their, their wings now, but Aunt Deborah had model features in her her jawline and her face was the structure of it and she gave that to my cousin Rakiba um, and my my cousin Rakiba gave that to her beautiful daughters um, Brianna and Ariana they are gorgeous she's got one that is um, very very um, caramel and she's got one that's chocolate and she's got some She's got the rainbow of brown girls in her house. But the reason why I tell the story about my cousin Rakiba, because as we've gotten older, we've become closer. We've become very, very close and we support each other. And she's one person that is able to detect and see my brown boy magic. And I see her brown girl magic. And she has these brown girl girlfriends. Man, her friends, her friends are so rocking. They are so beautiful and so wonderful they become my friends and they just they're sweet they really are and I appreciate them because again in a world where we celebrate foolishness we celebrate promiscuity we celebrate the illusion of the more you attach to yourself by way of breast and makeup and hair and heels all of the accessory the more of that the more you are or the better you are and that's not the case and there is one brown girl one of her brown girl girlfriends Keisha Smith in particular that I want to celebrate she just celebrated a birthday um, she is my 30 something brown girl 30 something uh, but she just kissed 40 on the mouth <laughs> happy birthday Keish um, I wanted I actually petitioned her because I wanted her story she was a teenage mom 
She had her daughter when she was a teenager. And she had a son a few years after that. And she raised those kids as a single parent for half of their lives, I believe. I don't want to tell her story. But what I'm telling you is, is as a young brown girl growing up in Brick City in Essex County, they count you out. They count you out. The moment you get pregnant, yeah, she's not going to be anything. She's going to be a welfare recipient. I tell you, that's what they do. That's what they do. That's what those stupid black girls do. They get on welfare. They have these kids. But she rewrote the book, baby. And I wanted her story because her story is so powerful. And I said, I need to tell you and Tati's story, but I don't want to tell it. I want you to let me, you know, read the experience. You know, let me tell my folks about it, my people about it. And it's, it's, it's a story of triumph. It's a story of sacrifice. It's a story of brown girl power. Right. And three generations. It's it's a because her mom supported her and now she's a mom supporting her daughter. It's a beautiful experience. And so when I say Tati, Tati is her daughter. Her daughter graduated last year with the bachelor's. She's graduating next month with the master's. She's unbelievable. She's unbelievable. Her story. But this is it. And I said, tell me, just give me a few lines. And from the words of Keisha Smith uh, about her daughter. Tati, she says, this is kind of easy. Other than one time when she was 12 and tried to sass me and I took her to the psych ward at Beth Israel, raising her has been amazing. <laughs> one time she tried to talk back to her mom and her mom said, you are out of your freaking mind. And she took her to the psych ward and scared her straight. Okay. <laughs> she says, People counted me out being pregnant at 17, but that only gave me the drive to go hard and be the best parent and role model that I could be. I tell her all of the time that she was sent to rescue me. I was in a dark space and I knew that once I became a mom, nothing else mattered. It was time to snap out of it and get it together. She made being a mom so easy. She's always been an overachiever, a good listener, focused, driven, and independent. Potty trained at 16 months, trying to tie her shoe, or tying her shoe at two and a half, reading at three years old, and conversational in Spanish by six years old. Come on now, amazing. She says, I am her hero, but she's actually mine such an indescribable feeling I can't take all of the credit because she's overcome insurmountable challenges and has never once made an excuse not to be great hear this she has overcome insurmountable challenges and has never once made an excuse not to be great she's never made an excuse to not stand in her brown girl power ladies what I want to do is tell you your brown girl power your brown girl magic is intrinsic it's in you it lives in you it is just there it just exists just tap into it own it accept it Tatiana she has made me better and encourages me to keep pushing so responsible and mature from as long as I can remember. 
We have such a good relationship and the line of communication has always been open. Trust me, she has never had a problem voicing or expressing herself. Straightforward, well-organized. I can't think of too many bumpy roads between us. Typical teenage drama, okay. But I would make her write an essay about her experience. So she didn't want any problems. Here we go. This is the brown girl magic, the brown girl story of a mom celebrating her daughter. But mom, today, Keisha Smith, I just want to take the opportunity to say thank you for standing up in your brown girl magic, for gaining the strength, for accepting who you are as a mom, even at the age of 17, when you could have dropped the ball. I thank you. I celebrate you. I thank your daughter for being who she is. I celebrate the women that decided to step up and stand around you. So your village of brown girl sisters, I thank you so much. And I pray, it is my prayer that all of the brown girls continue to remain blessed. But more importantly, as the name of this show is, Blessed Be the Brown Girl, you know that you are blessed. You know that you stand up in your blessing, that you accept it. Because blessed is, blessed you are. Thank you so much. Thank you. That's an incredible story. That's an incredible story from the mouth of a 17-year-old mom who will be celebrating the graduation of her daughter receiving her master's in little under a month, I believe in May. So we celebrate you. We do. We do. We're going to keep it moving, though. We're going to keep it moving because I got a brown girl story. I've got a 50-something brown girl story. I wanted to see if I can tap into all of the age groups. I've got a 50-something brown girl story. And this one... I am, I know I am all emotional and in my feelings during this show, paying homage to these beautiful women that we come from, that we need to celebrate. And if you don't, I'm going to pinch you. This one here, this brown girl story, please sit down, be quiet, shh, breathe as we listen to this story. Starting from the third grade is when I first started to question my complexion. It was brought to my attention from people who was black like me. If my peers were upset with me, they would call me Big Nose Blackie. And some didn't want anything to do with me at all, mainly the black boys. What I did notice is that there were two light-skinned sisters with long hair, and the boys and girls would want to be their friends. I often stared at the girls wondering, what was it about them that made them so likable? I realized it was the skin color and the long hair. One boy said to me, dark-skinned girls are dirty. It was so hurtful and that was the beginning of a deep hatred for myself. By the time I was 13, I would hear black boys say things like, they only liked light-skinned girls because they were prettier than dark-skinned girls. I wondered to myself, how can I make them pay attention to me? One day I decided to bleach my skin in hopes of becoming light. I was successful in bleaching my skin, but I looked like I had a light mask on, and the outlined 
of my dark skin was still there, even more pronounced. I got laughed at even more. I stayed in the house or played hooky from school until my skin returned to normal. I was black again, so I had to deal with it. Throughout the years, I would never wear a bright color for fear it would make my dark skin look darker. I didn't begin to somewhat embrace my complexion and accept the fact that my nose was not going to change and my hair would always be short. It wasn't until I was in my early 20s that I started to wear bright colors and accept and celebrate my looks. I promised myself if I ever had a dark-skinned daughter that I would make sure I constantly tell her how beautiful she is and how I love her beautiful brown skin and that she should as as well. I dressed her in bright clothing and I tried to do and say everything possible to make sure that she would be confident and strong as a dark-skinned young lady. To date, this brown-skinned girl is not easily moved anymore by the ignorance of skin color. The problem is not me. I am good with my dark skin. I am good with my big nose. I am good with my shoulder-length hair. And I am good with my big old butt. You better get it. Ah! <laughs> I celebrate you. I celebrate the story of wisdom. I celebrate the brown girl story of our mommy, our auntie, our, our older sister friend who tells a story that if she's in her fifties, then that meant she went to school in the seventies, in the sixties, where we were having issues with accepting who we are as people of color and celebrating our complexions and still very much attached, attached to the mentality or the perception of what beauty is or supposed to be. So I celebrate you. I celebrate you and I thank you because it is a story of triumph. It is a story of self-realization. It's a story of being able to say, listen, my dark skin is actually going to make anything that I wear look better as opposed to if I wear something bright it's going to make me look darker and darker is not good that is not the truth it is not the truth we've been believing lies for so long and feeding so much wrong that we think it's right for so many years and it's time to come out of that it's time to come out of that and walk into the the beauty of our brown skinned women and that's what I wanted to do I thank you ladies for submitting your stories I thank you for sharing with us because I believe when we have this dialogue when we open ourselves up and tell the brown skin or the brown girl stories and we embrace the brown girl magic something magical happens Something happens between us and the universe and the God of our understanding. Well, I even think God says, yes, yes, you got it. You get why I, why I created you. You understand it. You understand that brown, those, those caramel colors, those tan colors, those beautiful complexions of tape, of, of beige, all of those things. That is the, the color of the universe. That's the essence of the earth. It is. We are all a color. 
But ultimately, we are all just who we are. And we need to celebrate each other. So brown girls, I want to celebrate you. I want to celebrate you. Struck down, raped, belittled, shot at, buried alive, stolen from, ripped apart. Yet, you somehow continue to rise. Brown girl, they take from you. They don't want your whole. They want your sum. Some of your lips, a dab of your hips, an injection shot of your ass, a portion of your thigh, but not your whole. They want to recycle, sample, package up, and sell portions of your soul. They don't want your hair, and sometimes they make you think that you don't want it either. Brown girl, don't give away your rhythm. Don't cheapen the value, value of your meter. You are the earth's syncopation. The world cannot, shall not, dare not rotate without you, brown girl. Brown girl, don't believe the lies told about the bronze of your hue. Brown girl, you are the black gold of the sun. You are the mother to our sons. Your life is blessed, brown girl, so hold your head. You're clothed in the wealth of the all and ministered to by the master of time, which makes you timeless, always being, always are, and always will be. Blessed brown girl. I hold you up in love. I celebrate you. I thank you for your covering and your guidance and your prayers and your nurturing and your shielding and your trust and your feeding and your guidance and your love. I thank you. Blessed you are. Blessed be the brown girls. Thank you, brown girls. I celebrate your brown girl magic. Thank you all for listening. If you have not told your mom, your sister, your aunt, your cousin, your friend, your coworker, you are beautiful as you are who you are. I challenge you to do it today. Send them a text. Call them up. Write it on their Facebook. Tweet, tweet them. I love you. Blessed be the brown girl. Blessed be the brown girl. Because the brown girl blesses us. I love you so much for listening. Until next time. Now as they used to these ways, I'm feeling exposed. But I can't hide no more. I can't hide. As the sun shines on all of my glory, my flaws don't look so bad at all. What was I so afraid of? Every part of me is a vision of a portrait of Mona, Mona Lisa. Every part of me is beautiful, and I finally see I'm a work of art, a masterpiece.